the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. Welcome back to Hackberry House, a podcast devoted to the Word of God and the persecuted church in North Korea. I'm Bob. This is podcast number 477. It is May 22nd, 2016. Well, today we get an update on Kenneth Bay and his new book, and two secular escapees from North Korea tell us what life is like in the prisons there still, and for believers too. Let's go to Kenneth Bay, the American Christian missionary who spent over 700 days. Now do the math, that's that's a long time, isn't it? 365 days in a year, go ahead. 700 days as a captive of the North Korean communist regime. He says the Holy Spirit held his hand through an interrogation exercise. He saw something sparkling like gold dust before hearing the voice of God explain, the Holy Spirit is holding your hand. You are not alone. Bay's new book is called Not Forgotten. It's a powerful and unique look at his time in North Korea, from his arrest over running a secret missionary operation in the north of the country to his days working in a labor camp after his conviction. It is unique because it is a Christian testimony in which Bay explicitly refers to supernatural incidents during his captivity that ensured his safety and kept hope for his release alive. He credits Jesus for the limited time he spent in prison. He'd been sentenced to serve 15 years. In one incident, Bay felt God remove the hands of a demon from his neck on multiple occasions singing prayer songs in the harsh condition of North Korea's labor camp fields. He found himself laughing and crying with joy filled with the Holy Spirit. To say that his guards and handlers were confused would be an understatement. One interrogator asked who Jesus was and where he lived so that the North Korean guards could arrest him, too. Bay argues that the North Korean government understands the power of Jesus Christ and takes extraordinary measures to keep its citizens from knowing about God. The only North Koreans who know what Christianity is in the book are the prosecutors studying his case, the guards keeping him captive, and the few civilians he encountered during his tours out of China. A Bible, he says, stands in a display case in a room full of American, quote, weapons at an anti-American propaganda museum. Bay had established a tourist organization overtly meant to show foreigners friendly to the regime the side of North Korea Kim Jong-un wants the world to see, secretly, the groups consisted of Christian missionaries who would pray in silence for the nation and offhandedly mention Christianity to civilians when guards were not looking. You say it's just prayer, but prayer is a hostile act because it calls into question everything our system is based upon, a prosecutor tells him during pre-trial hearings. Bay seems to agree. He argues North Korean communists understand the power of Jesus even more than some Christians in the free world. They understand that if they allow the message of Jesus to spread, their government will collapse along with every aspect of their society. 
They know how powerful faith in Jesus is, and it scares them to death, he writes. The mainstream political media, so unused to treating Christian testimonies as reality, appear to be sidelining the entire point of Bay's book. CNN has chosen to focus on passing mentions of Dennis Rodman, who Bay credits in part for his release, and the hardships of a labor camp. The New York Times acknowledges the Christian foundation of the book, but notes with more interest that it is also a survival story that shines a light on North Korea's history of seizing United States citizens. CBS highlights the North Korean government's use of Bay as a political pawn to humiliate America. And one cannot blame them. There are few stories in the American political and cultural sphere like Bay's, because there are few stories like Bay's, period. He remains the longest-serving U.S. citizen in a North Korean prison. He focuses on describing true events in his life that would get a fiction book-branded magic realism. While his story managed to rope in NBA stars and politicians looking to score cheap publicity points by saying his name, he ultimately took the risks he took to return Christianity to a nation that was once home to the Jerusalem of the East, Pyongyang. The earthly implications of his detention to Bay are clearly secondary. So Bay's memoir is called Not Forgotten, Not Forgotten. It's currently out in the stores, and I would guess you ought to go get that book, don't you think? A Believer. Now let me tell you about a couple of not necessarily believers. I don't know these guys at all, but it's a secular story. Um, I, I read it to tell you the conditions, knowing that you know that our brothers and sisters in Jesus are going through these same situations. Pay attention. Escapees from North Korea have revealed what life is really like in the world's most mysterious country, from cruel punishments and mass starvation to brutal army raids on poor farmers. Kim Ju-il and Jung Kwang-il both escaped North Korea after suffering hellish treatment. Kim Ju-il, a, a former soldier in the North Korean army, and Jung Kwang-il, a survivor of one of the country's infamous gulags, told how they finally saw the country for what it was after undergoing horrific experiences at the hands of the regime. Jung had been a, a traitor during the 1990s when he was accused of being a spy for South Korea. Now that's traitor, T-R-A-D-E-R. He was tortured for 10 months before going into the pain and admitting the unfounded charge, at which point he was sentenced to three years as a prisoner in a hellish hard labor camp. Speaking through a translator, Jung told express.k, excuse me, .co.uk, the most painful an excruciating torture was something the prisoners call the pigeon torture. Your hands are tied behind your back. You couldn't stand properly or sit down. And this went on for days. It was called the pigeon torture because the more time you spent doing it, the more your chest stuck out and your body changed. Well, here are related articles um, from the United Nations, a picture of the Pigeon torture uh, is, is in the story. Uh, I can't obviously show you that picture. Anyway, he was finally re released from prison after three years, but has never forgotten the agony of daily life there. 
He said due to the forced labor, three years felt like ten years. Every day felt like one month. There were 40 men sleeping, eating, and working in a single building. It was truly indescribable. And to rub salt in the wounds, when he left the prison, he discovered his wife had divorced him. She said it was practically forced on her. Well, before enlisting, Juil Kim believed the North Korean army was a bunch of heroes. Despite serving in the North Korean army, Kim revealed soldiers were also regularly punished in cruel ways for the smallest of offenses. Now he lives in New Maiden, the South London suburb that's nicknamed Little Korea. Due to the 20,000 South Koreans and 600 North Korean defectors living there. He said they would make you do pull-ups over a tank of cold water in winter. Another punishment was for soldiers to carry mattresses up hills or go on long marches wearing heavy armor. Beatings were common. They could do what they wanted. Juil Kim now lives in New Maiden, as I said, a South London suburb. Uh, we were told that our leader was a great man and other countries wanted to take down the regime because they were jealous. <laughs> he said, before I went to the army, I had a good image of it. I, I was so proud of the army. They protected people and we were brainwashed that they were heroes. At school, I was taught to idolize Kim Il-sung and Kim Jong-il. We were told our leader was a great man and, and other countries wanted to take down the regime, as I said, because they were jealous. Before I left, my family and friends gave me presents and a new uniform. They said, go and become our hero. Well, they fled, both of them, North Korea, after suffering these hellish treatments at the hands of the regime. The illusion that they had was shattered after just one day in the army. However, when his new uh, uniform and souvenirs were stolen in the night, he said, I asked someone what had happened to my uniform and souvenirs as they beat me. That was when I realized it was not as I had imagined. And that night I cried thinking of my parents. He also revealed how the army also mistreated the very people it was meant to be helping. Mr. Kim said, one time I was awakened in the night and given a sack. They told me it was to steal food from farms. The army was supposed to protect people, not steal from them. An estimated 25,000 children are believed to be suffering from severe malnutrition in North Korea. In time, Kim was promoted and took on the responsibility of catching soldiers who attempted to escape. Driven mad by hunger, many soldiers would flee back to their families where they were lucky to get one good meal before they were arrested or driven away by ashamed parents. This heartbreaking new role, however, allowed Kim to move around the country, a privilege not granted to most citizens and one that eventually convinced him to escape. He said, I saw malnutrition was not just limited to the army, it was everywhere. I was shocked. I needed to, to leave to see whether it was me that was wrong or whether what I saw was the truth. Kim left uh, without even saying goodbye to his parents, fearing they would turn him into the regime. He said, it's like this. In, in England, if your son or daughter is addicted to drugs, you try to help them. If you can't help them yourself, you may report them. You do it to help them, not to get them into trouble. It's the same in North Korea. My family might have reported me, not because they were trying to punish me, but because they thought I needed help. Jung also decided to escape after completing his 
brutal prison experience. He said, I realized I would need to, to get out and, of North Korea and get away. Everything I had been told about North Korea was a lie. Twelve days after I was released, I escaped to China. Kim runs a, a newspaper in London called The Free NK, while Jung smuggles Western music and films into the country of North Korea. Both hope their operations will help awaken North Korean citizens, leading to a revolution against Kim Jong-un. Kim said he wants citizens to experience real happiness and not simply be sated by token gestures from the regime. Uh, during, He said, I want North Korea to be free. People are so happy to get sweets on holidays, but I want them to be able to do this whenever they want. I want people to be able to, to go to the market, to buy things, to live a normal life. Well, I'm guessing that you've heard some of these things before, folks, but every once in a while we need to be reminded that what we're experiencing is not being experienced all over the world. Um, and North Korea is unusual to the extreme, for sure. But there is suffering of your people, God's people, all over this planet. Let's pray for them right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you will visit your people as the Israelites prayed for a visitation in Egypt and got one. Thank you that you visited your people then, and you have done it many times through the years. I ask that you would visit your people, especially in North Korea, God. Take away this, this awful, awful regime. You're, you know how to do it without all the complications that the politicians are worried about. You know how to do it. I pray that you would, God, that you would remove Kim Jong-un and that whole dynasty and that whole group of people surrounding him that have brainwashed the Korean people. God, have mercy. You're able. Help your people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being with me today. And uh, tomorrow, I hope you'll also be with me because we're going to get back to the Bible, as the broadcaster used to say, back to the Bible. We're going to go to the book of Genesis, where we left off a long time ago before Pilgrim's Progress. And we're going to talk about some interesting questions there. We'll be coming across Melchizedek soon, who he was. The whole gen I'm ready now up through First Samuel. I've been getting ahead of you, so move on with me now. Let's get back and answer these questions and ask them. And if you have a question, don't be shy about asking me about it. Hey, on my website that you're at, there's a long series on North Korea and a lot of North Korea updates. Don't forget to click on Photos when you get there. And then click on that first album you see and the second one, too. Tons of pictures there now. And it's all in order, giving you kind of a photo essay. Of, of North Korea over the last few years. I think it will help inform your prayer life. Good to be with you today. God bless you. Don't forget where we started, which was Psalm 34:15. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry.